It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. It's Jenkins and Jones presented by FanDuel. Might be cold, but the sports calendar is heating up and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel. The app is safe, secure, and easy to use. FanDuel always has exclusive offers, boosts, and more. When you win, you'll get paid fast. FanDuel has lots of ways to play like the spread, money line, over-unders, team totals, player props, and so much more. Jump into the action at any time during the game with live betting. Combine multiple bets from the same game in a same-game parlay and try out Same Game Parlay Plus. And FanDuel is now live in Maryland. So use promo code JNJ, that's J-A-N-D-J, and download the FanDuel app today to start making every moment more. Disclaimer, must be 21 and over and select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. Welcome to Jenkins and Jones on the Volume Podcast Network. It is Thursday, December 15th, and we're coming to you live on the Amazon AMP app, 7 a.m. West Coast, 10 a.m. East Coast, every Monday and Thursday morning. You can follow us on the Amazon AMP app, or the pod will be uploaded to all of the other feeds as soon as we are done with the live record. Uh, Thanks for finding us, wherever it is that you're finding us. It's always uh, nice to talk to you guys. We appreciate you being here with us. As always, Jenkins and Jones, hosted by my good friends, Jethro Jenkins, a.k.a. John. What's that, Bubba's? Dragonfly Jones, a.k.a. Tyler. Hey, everybody. How's it good? And with the holidays approaching, here's another reminder. You can go to thevolume.com and get some Jenkins and Jones merchandise, some moich for your Jenkins loved ones. Jenkins some moich. Get some moich. <laughs> my grandmother's boy, boyfriend, there's this thing called the Versberg Theater. He calls it the voice boy <laughs> oh man i love old people especially non-talking ones anyway yes um (laughs) get yourself some moich uh please you know we (laughs) we appreciate some moich (laughs) 
going to the boys boy we got some shirts we got some hoodies um you know you could walk around with our faces on your chest uh, whatever the fuck you want to do so the volume.com go check it out for sure um all right let's start off with uh earlier this week the nba has announced that its postseason awards have all been uh given names and new trophy designs we'll get to the trophy designs in a minute (laughs) but let's start with the names i'm gonna go through these and i just want to know what you guys think of the name they picked for each trophy the michael jordan trophy will be the mvp what do you think Yes, that's the right sense. choice there. Um, you know, people say, well, Kareem has more MVPs, but um, I don't think Kareem was more valuable to the league than MJ. He's the most important basketball player ever, regardless of if you think he's the best basketball player ever. Also, there's the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Social Justice Award given every year to, you know, the player who who does the most type of work for, in that field. So I love the M- M- MJ MVP award. In 2022, when you think about basketball, you think about M- MJ. You know what I'm saying? We have eight-year-olds fighting that MJ is fighting for MJ being the GOAT. You know what I mean? He's the most important thing to this sport. <laughs> most, most important person to the sport, for sure. Had to be MJ. Um, people are still getting paid off Michael Jordan. You know what I mean? Like, the t- these for TV so. contracts are still Michael Jordan's TV contracts. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> Facts. Um, yeah, that's a good point on Kareem. Uh, I think the other thing is, you know, Kareem's the only person they could have named it after who would come out and mm. say... You shouldn't have given it to this person because I think they're a bad person. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Who could have, who could have disagreed with the MVP pick in that way? So I bro, think it makes bro, sense. Kyrie fuck around and win that motherfucker. <laughs> like, <laughs> it'll be some smoke in the city. I'll tell you I'll that. Take much. my name off the MVP <laughs> trophy. <laughs> okay, Defensive Player of the Year, the Hakeem Olajuwon trophy. Yes. Um, makes sense. I think I think that that's the right way to go. I again, there were some people who wanted that to be the Bill Russell Award, but that's what we give to the Finals MVP. So, and that's cemented. That award is why they're doing yeah. all these named awards is because that name actually right. carries some weight. Yeah, exactly. John, you feel the same? Okay. Um, exactly. Rookie of the year for the Wilt Chamberlain Trophy. You could have just given literally any trophy to Wilt, right? Yeah, any of these trophies could have been the Wilt trophy, bro. Like that motherfucker, man. God he damn. He averaged bro. like 35 his rookie year. Of course we're giving that shit to Wilt. 35 yeah. and 20, something insane like that. Sick. We have a new award with the introduction of the Clutch Player of the Year, which will be named the Jerry West Trophy. What do you guys think about Slash. this one? Slash the NBA Twitter argument award <laughs> trophy. That's going to be the most controversial one. I I, I think here. Um, I think I think that one is going to be so much eye test. You know, advanced metrics, motherfuckers. That that's where those you know two fractions are going to collide the most out of any of these awards. It feels like, but I like I like it. I mean, I'm not mad. And, and at I, th- all. I think Jerry West is of course is of course the right guy to go with there. So yeah, yeah Jerry West is a dog. Stuff. He got he got caught a lot of L's though in in in, in big moments. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So. <laughs> But I mean, yeah, I, I think I, it wasn't because of he he did anything. He he didn't do something he was supposed to do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he doesn't have the better team. But <laughs> I, 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 I mean, Jerry West is you know Jerry West is probably the reason we have all these awards. They created the Finals MVP award because they were like, bro, Jerry West is the best player in, in all Even these finals. Lost, he's getting his ass beat in. Yeah, he and right. to this day he is the only Finals MVP on a losing team. Yeah, I in the inaugural season of, of that award. This award is over two for me. I don't think we should be giving this award. I think it's like the NBA leaning into all the worst things about NBA discourse. <laughs> it's, a, it's a silly award, but the person, I, I, I'm not too mad at that. 
Well, you know I, I mean? so first of all, on the award, I'm good with this award if we can collectively agree that no numbers will be used in the discussion of the award. <laughs> Like you wanted to be, if we're gonna be ridiculous, let's be let's as be, ridiculous as possible. If we're gonna be silly, let's be <laughs> let's be fucking goddamn. Let's lose our fucking minds. <laughs> um, but, but as far as it being Jerry West, look, I, I, clearly as we'll get to, some of these honors are kind of picked just because there's people they felt like they should be honoring. Jerry West is the logo. Jerry West doesn't need another trophy named after him, and in my opinion. You have Kobe Bryant, who the league is still clearly mourning in a serious way, who I think you'd make an argument has almost as big as or as big as an impact as any other name on this list. And um, I I think they, they renamed the All-Star MVP the Kobe Award, didn't they? Yeah. But that's yeah, not I mean, real. it's the All-Star. It's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's recreational, bro. That, them games don't matter like that. You feel me? So. So I don't know. I, I if they're gonna create this award to me, if they'd have put Kobe Kobe's name on it, you would have given a sort of a silly award, almost like a narrative, argument fueled award. You would have given it some actual emotional heft if they'd have put Kobe yeah. on it, in my opinion. Yes, yes, this is for sure gonna be the most chaotic award. I mean, I feel like the front runner for it right now might be AJ Griffin from from the Hawks. Like you know what I'm saying? He's had two buzzer beaters and like three games and shit. So that's too many numbers. Yeah. that's too many numbers already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see. Uh, this is the most interesting one for sure. Um, argue, argue over AJ Griffin, though. You know what I mean? Like we got. <laughs> I know why arguing over that. Go ahead, though. Um, the John Havlicek Trophy for the Sixth Man of the Year. I guess you got to give it to to to, to Hondo, as they call him. Um, you know the the six man for like fucking eight rings. I don't. I don't mind that. I, I think the best six man of our lives that we've probably seen is probably Manu. Um, but you know, I I get it here, so I ain't mad at it. I mean, I, I ain't gonna front like I know anything about that nigga, man. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't gonna lie to y'all, bro. I've not looked up shit on John Havlicek, so hey, I have, I have, you know, I. All right. Nah, I'm not. I'm whatever. Yeah. The last award, the one that, like, let's be honest, this award does not make any sense who they named this shit after. And clearly it was just a, there's, there's a guy we haven't honored who should be honored, and that is the George Mikan Most Improved Player of the Year. George Mikan came into the league averaging 35 points a game. <laughs> God damn. Come on. And was the guy who was like, you know, people were maneuvering yeah. shit to try and get him. He was the guy. Like, he, you know, we, we talked about this when we were, when we were reading Dynasties, but like, in the pre- Oh, you could jump before you shoot the ball era. George Mikan was like the fucking nuclear bomb. You know what I mean? Like he changed right. everything. And giving him most improved is like, <laughs> I guess, bro. Yeah. I, I, I mean, go, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was going to say, I, I guess there. that's a nod to how late Mikan might have got started. I, I think he like started. Freshman like a, year of college or something. Yeah, something weird like yeah. that. Yeah. So maybe that's the angle they're going with. But I don't know. Um, I was thinking about who goes down as the most improved player in NBA history. And I know they're honor legends, but um, you know, I think it's Steph, bro. Like, you know, we granted Ooh. Steph was was a lottery pick. I thought Steph was going to be like a career 20 point per game guy, which is a hell of a career, right? I thought he was going to be, you know, really good, borderline great. I did not expect this dude to be top 10 all time, one of the three best players of his era, the best fucking shooter ever, the second best point guard ever. I did not expect him to be this good. I don't think anyone did. So I think Steph is, quote unquote, technically the most improved player we've ever seen. But like I said, I guess you have to honor the legends of the past. So 
And after, like, the ankle injuries, I was worried that how long Steph will be in the league. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It seemed like he just couldn't get away from those injuries for a while. So, I mean, that makes a bunch of sense. But, yeah, George Mike, yeah, like you said, I think he started playing, like, his senior year or something. Yeah, he has a Mike and Drill named after him as well. He already got some named after him. You know what I mean? I, <laughs> it, who, who taught him that? Who taught him? The, the, I remember the guy had him, like, doing, like, that drill up under just to, like, learn how to put the ball in the basket when he first started playing at, like, 100 years old. Also, that was so long ago. If a guy can start playing, like, in as a as a freshman <laughs> in college and take over the fucking league, I don't think that man deserves a fucking <laughs> award named after him. He has the drill. We're, we're cool on. I'm cool on that, dog. Come on, man. I, Not I, even the like. We had, we talked about this in the group chat, Mike. Like nobody really knows a lot about George Mike and even the league because right. basketball wasn't basketball back then. You know, there was eight people in the fucking stands. Niggas were smoking cigarettes and drinking beers on the fucking sideline, dog. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I'm look, look I, at that point. I, I haven't been on a, a panel of the significance of the, the people that renamed this. I've been on a lot of uh, awards, banquets, and Hall of Fame panels and all this shit for Southern California sports, right? There's always a guy when you get to the end of the list that you're like, ah, we forgot about blank. <laughs> and George Mike Yes, we got to give him some, too. <laughs> and that's fine. Got to give the Mikester some. <laughs> <laughs> He was, play, he was playing basketball in fucking spectacles, not glasses, in spectacles. Like the rounds. They weren't even rec specs <laughs> Wire yet, right? that wrapped they, around your ear. Right. <laughs> he was too tall for anyone to elbow those shits through his fucking skull. So he was playing basketball in regular glasses. Like. <laughs> That's exactly how they played basketball. That's how they guarded you. Right. They elbowed your nose out the back of your head. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what uh, – okay, so here's my question. Do you think they should have done something additional for Kobe over the, the All-Star? And whenever, the, whenever you start naming shit, whether it's awards or buildings or whatever, I, as someone who's interested in sports history, I always start thinking forward, right? You got to name something after Braun. I mean, you're gonna have to name something after Braun. No. You know what I mean? So wh at some point, yeah. So, so what do you think they should have done with Kobe? What do you think when we're hopefully doing this podcast 20 years from now? What are we gonna be talking about that they're doing for Braun? I think with Braun, they we're probably gonna get like a, a best all around type player award, right? Like like the guy who who put up 27 and eight and eight. Like you know, that's the guy who's gonna win that award. I think that's probably what we're gonna see in about 20 years with Braun. I have no idea what they're going to do with Brian, but today's league is Kobe's league. So it just feels weird just to have only the all-star. You know what I mean? Especially when these players know Kobe for being clutch. It seems like such a layup to give him that award. You know what I'm saying? Um, I mean, but yeah, it's, 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 it's Kobe's league. Like the players that are playing now, the young bucks that are becoming the stars, grew up watching Kobe and they love Kobe. So, uh, I mean, it just the all-star MVP just doesn't, I don't think that's enough for what Kobe meant to these players and what he meant to the league. You know what I'm saying? Did you see Jamal Crawford's proposition? He said, cool. With him he, being a sixth man? No, he said, you put uh, you put Jerry West as Mr. Clutch, so put Kobe as the logo. I mean, I bro, like, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not mad at that at all. I, I, I think they've been talking about that for like three years. Like, yeah. I mean, since, you know, since, since like 20, yeah. 2020, yeah, since he passed, so... Um, I mean, I'm not mad at that at all. That makes a thousand percent sense to me. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, I mean, in, in, it's, I mean, if they didn't want to do that, I mean, it's, it, Mr. Clutch, 
Kobe is a that's that was that was so fucking easy. You know what I mean? Right. It was so easy. Name the GM of the year after fucking Jerry West. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. fucking, I, like respectfully, I understand. I respect the history. Of the You're a Lakers fan shit, bro, too, like you know what I mean? For yeah. sure. But like. Yeah, I don't. I mean, it's also crazy. You want to talk about you? you you're saying this is the last thing I say about. It. I know we're talking about this for a long time. You, you talk about they're honoring the history of the league. You don't have anything for Magic Johnson, Larry Bird. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like, that, and they kept this motherfucker flow to MJ came. The like, people this who are getting was, paid this now. This shit might not have made it to when MJ, MJ came if Larry. Yeah. Larry. Yes. Right. So I, you know, that's it, the other thing to me, and I, I don't know necessarily what you give him. Like, like Tyler was talking about an all around award. Obviously, could. Certainly be there for Magic Johnson. That's kind of dry for LeBron too, to me, honestly. Yeah, it's just. I mean, that's what I probably do though. But you know, give an American White of the Year to fucking Larry Bird. You know, give that to Larry Bird. Hey man, that'd be a fun ass award, honestly. (laughs) The Caucasian of the nation this year. Hey, bro, bro. A little white kid's a dream would grow up dreaming of that. Like, I don't have to be the best player in the league, but I could be the best American white player in the league. I'd be the best white boy of the year. <laughs> Shit. Tyler Hero, white boy of the year. <laughs> <laughs> he would lose his mind, bro. Get some arguments about how how, how much white do you have to have to be eligible for right. fucking WBOY? <laughs> they gonna be fighting, bro. <laughs> WBOY. Yes. Oh shit. All right. Um okay, let's talk about Tuesday night's uh Lakers Celtics game. You know, today's December 15th, the uh trade exclusion day. Uh I'm hoping We are going to talk about how trash those um trophies design. Oh are. yes. I almost <laughs> yeah, thank <man>. you, Tyler. <laughs> we we cannot let this injustice go on without comment. I said on Twitter, and I mean this from my soul. The the Michael Jordan one I think is cool, okay. I like it's they should have spent the money with Nike whatever they needed to do to actually make it the Jumpman logo, but it's cool. It looks like a serious trophy. The other ones look like some plastic Happy Meal shit. Do they not? It looks like some fucking shit, cereal giveaway trophies. Yes, it it looks like some shit QVC would try to throw in with the order. You'd be like, bro, I don't even want that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 like please just give me that George Foreman girl. I do not need that. Fu- those fucking crystal shot glasses, bro. Like, yeah, it it looks. They look fucking terrible. And I mean, the MJ Ward is cool. Like, like I read an article that did kind of a whole deep dive into it. You know, the whole process in designing it, and and you know, it's all types of symbolisms there. Like, it's. It, it's like a six-sided fucking base, you know, yes, symbolizing yes, MJ yes. six rings and, and 23 points on the ball and on the crystal ball and shit. And MJ himself said that he didn't he didn't want any any iconic MJ pose on it because he said he wanted the players to be able to see themselves in it, right? So they oh, went with wow. the little, Oh, that's fire. That's very <laughs> which I did not MJ, expect. I'll, I'll yeah, which I did, that, I, right. Yeah, yeah, me too. That's which fun. I would not expect from MJ, but... But I don't know, man. I I love the old MVP award. I love how clunky and fucking cumbersome that motherfucker is. It looked is. like I, it meant something. You yes, know what yes. That's, like, that's what I'm going to say. As, as corny as it sounds, it it feels like it had weight figuratively and literally. Like, right. like you would see, you know, a player, you know, have an MVP season, you know, busting his ass for, you know, 80 games or whatever. And and then they would hoist that motherfucker. And, and motherfuckers have to get themselves together, right? You can't just roll two up to that hands, motherfucker. Baby. Like, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, two hands, hoisting that 50-pound motherfucker up. Like, use your yeah, legs, so, use your legs. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah so, so, so there was something symbolic in like you know how how hard of a task it is to be the best player in the league all season and how hard it was to lift that heavy motherfucker you know i felt like it kind of all correlated there 
I like Victor Solomon. I fuck with the artist. He's done a lot of things with the NBA. It's it seems to be more experimental the stuff that I've seen him do with the NBA. But uh, the worst shit ever. Yeah, <laughs> that but, is. Yeah, these these awards. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it looks like a bad uh, Christmas ornament. Yeah. It's, yes. It's, it's it's yeah, but it's it's. I think this stuff is really artsy. Is and he's like I said, he's when I the stuff I've seen him do is more experimental. So him having design like these awards seems a little outside of his his wheelhouse. But I fuck with the artist. I fuck with the, the the dude that designed it. But yeah, they're not the best. Hate to say it. Hate to say it. Cause I fuck with them. It, Love the concept, yeah, hate the design. Yeah. What That's the that high dribble, man. He's working on his ball handling, dog. You ain't seen that? You never did a high dribble before? <laughs> Who the hell was that? That, <laughs> that was See, and that's the other thing. I'm showing you the pictures of him. You have no you have no idea who this is. This could be anybody. <laughs> what the fuck? That look like George Mikan, though. That look like a that's a layup. That's what Mike that's all Mike and did. You saw this. You saw his fucking specs in there. Um yeah, I mean, they look like an uncle of the year trophy. You know what I mean? It doesn't even look like a dad of the year thing. Like it looks we like do a. Need that though, we need one of them. Uncle of the year. <laughs> that's a great. That's a great. That's a but great. But I think that's what it's like. It looks like a gag gift you give to someone in your family. That's like you're my third cousin of the years. It just doesn't even look like a serious <laughs> thing. Bro. It looks like, like the trophies. The okay, Zach told me a story about this dude buying trophies that didn't actually win them like he just bought them and put them in his house oh yeah yeah like no he, i think he told the story on, on okay uh, and it's like we it looks those look we, like didn't we, we made him buy. tell that story didn't we i, I don't yeah. I, I, yeah yeah i think we, we wanted names and everything i think we bro. bullied <laughs> him into. i think we the three of us bullied him into telling that story family i think the dude might be it was it was his own uh no y'all really I'm trying to speak in code. You know bleep, bleep, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we go back and bleep that out for the? <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, it looks like a trophy you would buy to pretend like you won something, right. But you didn't win shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, it looks like you got the trophy from an estate sale, some like right, Elks Lodge, right, 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 you know, right, son of a bitch right. of the year, 1976. <laughs> like, <laughs> son of a bitch, of the year. son of a bitch of the year. <laughs> You sandbagging son of a bitch. 2022 award. Um, the only other thing, the only other thing for me, you're you're right on the symbolism, but I have to say I don't know why I'm very over the symbolism on trophies and rings. Like it, it like it just felt like it was really cute, and it's been overdone at this point to where it's like. The gold alloy blends six different types of metallurgies to represent the six <laughs> decades that our team has existed. It's like, just fucking give them a ring, bro. Like, I only like on, symbolic dog. shit in like movies and fucking books, man. Keep it everywhere <laughs> else. On jewelry you know what I'm saying? Trophies. Like, right, right. I'm cool on that, bro. Just put a big ass fucking ring on that bitch. Make it pretty. That's all that matters, bro. People forget that shit, man. Like, they get all the symbolic. They forget to make it pretty. That's what matters, you know what I'm saying? No, they look so, like fucking like cattle. They look like 1960s Buicks. You know what I mean? The fuckers, they're so big and fucking beefy now, <laughs> like because they got to right. they have to include a Ulysses's worth of fucking symbolism in them and shit. Like it's supposed to be a championship ring, goddamn it. Maybe they could actually right. wear it without having to do right. the Spock fingers walking around. Dog. <laughs> Tom Brady puts four Super Bowl rings on his finger. He can't even like come close to touching his fingers. You together, only bro. wear it to flex. You know what I'm saying? It looks, it looks absolutely ridiculous if you when you put them on. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not pulling them on because they're actually cool. You know yeah. what I mean? The shits are huge. All right, um, let's talk about Tuesday night's uh, Lakers Celtics game. I feel like this game was. 
this game was symbolic in the way that like oh, the Michael Jordan sure. trophy was or something. It perfectly represented exactly where things were. Today, December 15th, is the end of the trade exclusion day. And let us all pray that we end up with a di- different Lakers roster when the sun goes down than we did when the sun came up. But um, <laughs> we saw exactly what the Lakers are at this moment, which is Braun had a, a great game with no legs at the end of the game. AD had a great game with no legs at the end of the game. Russ had a good game and then sensed that no one else on the team had it and started jacking threes in overtime. And this is exactly it, man. These dudes are playing themselves completely empty. Mm-hmm. Completely empty. They're shooting threes flat-footed <laughs> because they don't have because the Because that's gas. all they can do. They have nothing else for anything. They're playing, playing basketball, basketball like we play basketball bro, in our late 30s and 40s, if you, bro. If you ever played hoops... The dude that jab, step, jab, step, jab, step, pull. That's the I'm tired as fuck. I ain't got shit for you. All I'm looking for is a second to get this motherfucking jumper off. I definitely ain't going by you. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't have energy to get to the bucket and none of that shit. You know, when Westbrook is the person that only has all, has, is, is, we would take the first five shots of overtime. Like, bro, AD and Brown were cooked. You feel me? Gone. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, dog, get them some help. Get them. And also, bro, like you said symbolic, man. The way the the, the 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 current MVP of the season, you know, St. Louis got next. That's how it's looking, baby. You feel me? <laughs> I can't argue <laughs> and, with you, bro. And, and the way Mans hit him, like, I'm talking about, everybody said it on Twitter, went right at Brian, didn't hesitate, saw him, hey, fooled. Because everybody to Jason Tatum is fooled. You know what I'm saying? Even if you're fucking LeBron James, the guy he tweeted at fucking 13 years old, 11 years old. You know what I'm saying? Hey, it's me, Jason Tatum. Nah, now it's me, nigga, Jason Tatum. You know what I mean? The nigga that dunked on you four years, five years ago and the one who hit the, hit the top, tying it up, going right at you today. You know what I'm saying? So, I, bro, it, it, it was wild to see. Also, that little step back at the beginning of the joint with the little cash money, bro. And, and we can't take anything away from Jalen Brown, bro. JB looked great. You know what I mean? So... The young bucks, bro. They, they, they. It's, it's their league now. It's their league. And, and as much as I love Brian, still a top ten player in the league for sure. At year twenty, incredible to see, incredible to watch. You feel me? This ain't his league. It's not LeBron's league. It's LeBron's league figuratively. You know what I'm saying? As far as like he's the biggest name in the NBA, right? But this is when it when it comes to the players, it's not his league, bro. You know what I'm saying? It's the young boys' league now. You know, the, 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 it seems like the baton is is in the midst of being passed off to the to the next generation. You feel me? Yeah, I mean, we're for sure in the twilight of Braun's career. But like I've said before, I still feel like this Braun and this AD, that is a good that is a championship duo if you get the right pieces around. Him. Hell yeah. I still. Yeah, I wholeheartedly believe that AD's playing the best ball of his life. Braun is still ridiculous. So, yeah, yeah, they, yeah they, I'm, I'm with y'all, man. Some some shit got to shake, bro. Ham, Ham got Russ to buy into what he needed him to buy into. They play great defense, except for people pointed out. You know they weren't playing good defense at the end of the game and in overtime they're fucking cooked. That's that game cooked, is bro. that game is exactly in both directions. That's why I said I thought it was symbolic. If the roster c- continues to exist like this, that game is their best case scenario against good teams. If they get those guys some help, did that game not show you exactly what Tyler just said? How do you watch that game and not feel like if you put some help around Braun and AD that they could be right. anyone in the in the NBA? Right, right. Ah. Uh... I would say anyone, but I, I think I think no, I but think like real, 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 real talk, like looking at the league right now, because it feels like the most wide open. It's felt like the West is wide open. The East right? ain't, bro. I don't see them beating the Celtics. I, I mean, I, I, I mean, look, they played a great game against the Celtics last night, right? Yeah. You feel me? They came. They was getting their ass whooped. 
They right. came back, and then the Celtics came back because they're the Celtics. They're the better team, obviously. You feel me? Absolutely. I don't know. I think the Celtics and the Bucks, even if they make the changes that we hope they make, you know what I'm saying? I still think they're they're a better team. Maybe. You know what I'm saying? I mean, but <clears throat> but for also, sure, yeah, for, like I, I'm yeah, for sure. I'm not. I don't think it's like guaranteed or something. But the point is, it's about the window, right? And the window's open. There's no There's an doubt opportunity you put there. the right pieces around those guys. They can compete for a championship. With experience, and they're good enough to drag them nuts for 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 a playoffs for a few playoff series. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. But otherwise, they're fighting for that fucking ten spot, bro. With the Warriors, <laughs> they're a playoff team for sure. They're a playoff yeah. team for sure. They dug themselves in a fucking hole at the beginning of this year. You know what I mean? And they've been playing much better since, uh, particularly because AD just turned it on. He's decent you know he's looking good but now he's looking incredible um he's looking like the 80 we thought we were getting when we traded everybody for him you feel me uh but yeah we'll we'll, we'll see we'll see they need to make some changes though like you said they, they, they bought into darvaham you know what i'm saying and all and it, but bro like palinka needs to get his shit together it's time for palinka to step step up i'll get him the fuck out of there honestly yeah because you know you don't making it making this shit happen if you don't want to win now with these two what other duo do you, are you, you know what I'm saying, are you waiting on? The Timberwolves went around? all in with Anthony Edwards and fucking Cat, dog. You're not going to go all in with LeBron James and fucking Anthony Davis? With 30 and 30 a night, basically, you know what I'm saying? You know, like, shit, AD is out there, bro. I think for 10 games, he averaged 35 and, what, 16? 65% from the end. And you're just, you're, okay, that, that looks cool, you know? See how much, see if it gets his wins. No, motherfucker, make the decisions that it, need to it be made. It feels you know like they're saying? punishing them. You know what I mean? Like, like, does, like, does, I, does I, it not I, feel like they're like, no, no, no? You got Bron. I think he's. I, I think he didn't want to make that Westbrook trade, and Bron wanted it. It was a bad trade, and I feel like he's like, well, you did it. This is what you got to deal with. My nigga, it don't, it don't work that way. You feel me? All right. Jackson says, if the Lakers don't make a trade, are they a playoff team at the end of the season? And if they are, who drops out? I think that they are in that seven through ten. Um, I think there's going to be some some reshuffling there. Do you, you guys both agree that they they still end up in that the the play in seven to ten even if they don't make a move? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Utah's probably out for sure. Um, Utah's I mean, they, they trying had, they had to be out. a big win yesterday. Who Utah's try, Utah is trying to be out. Right? No, no, they're not. The, the, well, Utah is the the, the yes. management. The players don't realize they'll you know continue to sell until they fall out. They you know beat what a I mean? Team last night. Who they beat? Who they? I mean, it's not they beat a couple nights ago. Who they beat a couple nights ago? They just beat. Um, they just beat the uh, the Pelicans. Beat the shit out of them. But yeah, they, they beat the Pelicans. But they had a night ago. they yeah, got yeah. hot from three. You know what I mean? And 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 beat them. And I, that's the equalizer. But I think the Jazz that, drop out. Jordan Clarkson's three. That he I, did? Yeah. I, oh yeah, yeah. L- ludicrous. Double dude, double pump. Dude. And and the replay, Chuck was like, hell no. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was Chuck or Shaq. <laughs> Ain't no fucking way. Fade away, double pump, cash, bro. I would have packed it up right there. <laughs> bro, because you know what night, what type of night it's going to be at that point. Yeah. So Jeez. Utah drops out, and I think, uh, look, I, I really like uh, the uh, – I actually really like this Kings team a lot. But I'm always going to believe that there's a certain entropy in Sacramento that <laughs> is just going to pull them down. The longer that, and I have a good friend who's a Kings fan. I tell him that too. And he, and what's what's hard for them is they feel so cursed that I can actually get in his head. The Lakers are dog shit. His team's having a great season. They're one of the most fun teams in the NBA to watch. And all I got to do is look at him and be like, you know, they're gonna Kings it at some point. And he get he he can't. He has no comeback for that. <laughs> like, I don't know, man. I, I think it might be a new day with Mike Brown there. Um, 
I hope so. I, 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 yeah, I, I think they're on their way to, you know, first round exits. You know, I'm, I'm not going to give you, get too uh, crazy with and it. And that but, is but, huge for that yeah, franchise. They could yeah, be the Timberwolves sure. Memorial team that cries after winning a play-in game uh, of the year. You know, that could be their <laughs> right, trophy. Right. That's nothing to scoff Green at, Bay. guys. <laughs> And that victory beam, that's the coolest fucking shit, bro. I love that shit. Like, that's you real. just anywhere in the city, you look up and see that, that the Kings won that night. That's cool as fuck, bro. It doesn't All belong in Sacramento. Sacramento. It doesn't belong in Sacramento. It belongs in Las Vegas. That's a Las Vegas move. <laughs> <laughs> I like it too, though. It's cool. All right, let's talk about uh, not the Lakers Celtics. Let's talk about the best rivalry in sports. Uh, Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless. Wow, <laughs> things got real on television uh, earlier this week. Um, probably the funniest exchange that I've seen on television Boy. without a script with uh, Shannon. I mean, basically just trying to say that a 45-year-old quarterback who's not playing well is washed and Skip getting so personal as a hater that his response to Shannon Sharp saying, I'm in the Hall of Fame was, quote, so what? <laughs> Dog. <laughs> the, the greatest hater we've ever seen. How you look a fucking Hall of Famer in his face. He's 60. <laughs> he's like 55. Still has an eight pack. Like this ain't a normal human being. <laughs> right. Talking football. And you, that man says, I'm a Hall of Famer. He says, so what? <laughs> to that man's face. Like, let's not forget how raw Shannon Sharp was, bro. Like, he was the second best tight end of his era behind Tony Gonzalez. He mm -hmm. was that guy, bro. He was amazing. You, you put Shannon and, Sharp in an offense today the way that they use tight ends, and you put oh, him shit. up there with any of the dudes that we talk about. Travis now. Kelsey, He's who? Travis, like, right, right, 100%. Like, yeah. He played in it. He played. Yeah. He, he played with today's ability in an older offense. You know what I mean? 100%. Mm -hmm. He was raw as fuck. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> the whole put your glasses back on. When I saw that, I was like, dog, y'all motherfuckers might need to go squabble in the break room or do a commercial stuff because I don't know how you come back from that. <laughs> I think put your, is, though, put like, your glasses like, back on. I knew you, I think I think Shannon was like, I knew you was a bitch, but I didn't know you was this much of a bitch. I think yeah, he was I know you was gonna be a bitch. He's like, I didn't know you was gonna be an unprofessional bitch. Right, like, like we like, are like, we are partners me, here in you a feel sense, me like, you know? I just I'm just saying something and you throw this jab at me like bruh, like I mean and it seems like there's as much as they bicker, you know, I mean there's like a certain, you know, code and a friendship there, foundational, you know, enough yeah. of a friendship for them to be on that sofa as long as they have. And then he's like belittling him in that way. He's like, bro, you don't cross the line. You being a, a whole, whole ass a, nigga right now. And he that, that 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 high pitch was like that was that's when you knew he was shocked. You know what I mean? He's like, oh damn, this is you really that? You know what I mean? Like, I I I, I he he seemed like he really felt betrayed. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but, but but you but, but you betrayed yourself when you trusted that sharp face white man right there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's when that's when you fucked up, dog. You know his ass ain't got no loyalty. He if, he, he uh, his only loyalty is, is to this hating shit. You know you feel me? <laughs> he only loyal to hating on niggas. You know what I'm saying? Come on, bro. Have you ever made someone so mad that they took their glasses off? <laughs> I haven't. No. Nah. No. I've never he had that physical reaction. I've never he had, had that enough. physical reaction. And he the he way the enough. way he took his glasses off, I thought that clip was going in a very different direction. <laughs> I, I, I thought, thought it was, was, thought it was clobbering time. time. For, for the show, because you take your glasses off when you finna swing on somebody, dog, because you don't want to break your shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
That's <laughs> what if he put hands on that white man? <laughs> that would have been the funniest shit. Uh, somebody, I'm surprised no one has done it. I'm surprised no one has put hands on Skip because the thing about Skip is he'll talk all that shit. Then you come sitting right across the desk from him, and he'll say the same shit to your face. Like, like, like you can say Skip is a bitch, but ain't no back down in him, bro. Like I remember Rudy Gobert was like, like I remember Rudy. <laughs> I, I remember Rudy Gobert told him, told him, say it to my face. I was like, bro, he will definitely say it to your face. <laughs> Jalen Brown had him stuttering and stammering, though. I mean, I take the really? Uh, I missed that Jaylen, shit. Jalen Rose, Jaylen Rose, when he when he asked Jaylen him, Rose, the, dude, the, the best line other than the only other than Lavar Ball telling Jason Whitlock the only thing he's allowed to comment on is snacks. The best <laughs> line I've ever seen, the best <laughs> shutdown line ever on a sports show was Jalen Rose asking Skip Bayless if he was on JV as a junior. <laughs> that man went and researched his high school stats from said like you average what point one point two or some one point two points again. That is dedicated. That is dedicated. Hey, that man probably had to call around <laughs> and have some motherfuckers digging some archives, bro. <laughs> motherfuckers probably on hold and everything with, with some school systems to get this information. He said, "So shout to Jalen, so, man. You were so bad at basketball, you shouldn't be able to comment on the sport." That's what he basically told that. Man. And that's the only time I ever saw him. You know what I'm saying? But I guess he, I guess he hardened up since then. Because somebody say, you know, I'm a Hall of Famer. <laughs> so what? <laughs> so what? You don't give a fuck about nothing at this point, dog. The beef Crazy. is the beef is still there with Jalen too. He tweeted about the uh, he, <laughs> he, he, he he tweeted about the shit. Uh, what did he which, say? He said, uh, wow, what a bully tactic and clowns call him drip. Definition of a hashtag culture vulture. Damn, he took it there. Clowns call him drip. Yeah, they call him drip bales because he wears Jordans with his suits. Oh, man, he be looking dry as fuck. Them Jordans be tied up. Tight. I'm, I'm tired of that, bro. I'm tired of giving white people the pass because they've got on some tied up tight ass Jordans. And also when they do the motherfucking worm, we call them, they, oh, I'm not Quit, quit having white worm. people on commercials doing the damn worm. Oh, like I'm supposed to be amazed by that, bro. I'm not buying your fucking insurance because a white man did the worm and shimmy their shoulders. Get the fuck. I hate that shit, dog. Uh, <laughs> someone replied to Jalen Rose and said, Skip showed this man absolutely zero respect on national television and he didn't even defend himself. Jalen Rose would never. And Jalen Rose quote tweeted it and said, ever with a period after <laughs> Jalen will put hands on that motherfucker. That's Detroit right there, goddamn. His face, I'm watching because someone tweeted at him. His face when he asked him if you (laughs) were you on JV as a junior. (laughs) He is so happy. He might love hate more than fucking Skip Bayless does. Listen, if anyone was if anyone was groomed in the fires of hate, it's Mister Eighty One on your head top. So you know he he has been he has been hardened by the battles that he's gone through in this hate and shit. So who's the other guard that played at Michigan State that was on that um that was on that uh, Raptors roster? There was another State. He played played for Michigan State. There's another guard. He, I think I, I, I like broke down the, the game one time and saw how many points that Jalen catch. I think he caught like 20, which is a lot of points to get put on you. He, you know what I'm saying? By one he person. Was the, he's the guy who's he's Morrison. Is so it Morrison? On him. Yeah. Is it more? I don't know, but he, he, I, he, he got, he got, he got, yeah, he, I think he was like the second or third guy that got, but Kobe gave everybody buckets <laughs> in that game, bro. That, that, he was an equal opportunity. You can get cooked tonight if you get in mm-hmm. front of me type nigga that night, bro. 
Yeah. Bro, everybody caught it. Um, You guys want to talk about the RG3 clip? Oh, wow. (sighs) That is a black, that is a white man imitating a nigga, bro. (laughs) I swear to God, bro. He be in blackface every day of his life. You don't say jigaboo and not know what a jigaboo is. Listen, bro. Bro, bro. Listen, and then, and, and, and then, all right, so basically, that is a wigger, guys, okay? <laughs> That's a wigger, wigger in blackface, I tell you. I don't know if you know that makes sense, but but I know a, a real black person is not going to say jigaboo, not knowing what a jigaboo is, bro. The fuck? Dog. Bro, you come out the womb knowing what a jigaboo is. You don't have to be taught that shit, bro. That's it's instinctual. You know what I mean? You'd fight at six months if somebody called you a jigaboo and he don't know what the, what it means. I meant bugaboo. And why the fuck you saying bugaboo anyway, white man in blackface? <laughs> we, I, I will say we did diagnose shit. in the group chat about ten seconds after that clip went up. That it was like he did not know what that word meant. Did not know what it meant. Did not know it. And I believe his. I believe his explanation because it was pretty clear. He, you know, he he'd heard radio edits with the word jigga, and I think thought <laughs> the jigaboo was like the formal version of that word. You know what I mean? Bro, he. I mean, the, the whole the whole the whole context of it was. Justin Herbert balled out. People were saying, you know, he was slumping this season. They were questioning if he was really a good quarterback. And RG was like, well, he shut those jigaboos up. And then he was like, well, I meant to say he shut those bugaboos up. Motherfucker, a bugaboo ain't a naysayer or a hater either. Motherfucker, it's an annoying person who won't stay off your motherfucking phone. Did you not listen to Destiny's Child, bro? No. That song is 25 years old. How do you not know this? He is a white man. I'm that is you. a white man with white man problems. <laughs> you feel me? I'm telling you, dog. Bro, I was like, these niggas said, no, nah, ain't no way, bro. He, who, who was who was old boy? Uh, who, who was on the set with him? Steve Young was. Steve, on the yeah, set. yeah. You see Steve Young's face? They shot, they screenshot it like. <laughs> hey, that's that 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 bro. man is Brigham Young alum, so he is. I'm sure he's very familiar with that word. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I've never seen that cut off of, out of a black man's mouth in my life. <laughs> he was shocked too. Is this a white man? <laughs> He was confused, bro. That's crazy. <laughs> Jigaboos. <laughs> this nigga said Jigaboo on TV. <laughs> like shit was sweet. Bro, I probably. <laughs> Hell no, bro. Let's see the baby pictures. Let's see the baby pictures, dog. All right, Drop all right, your baby pictures, dog. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I swear the to God, jig, the jig, or should the, I say, the jigaboo is up. The jigaboo is up, brother. <laughs> We're on to you, bro, Robert you hide, Griffin. If that's really your name, sight. you hide in plain sight, bro. You told on yourself that time, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, All right, uh, um, I have five non-sports topics. We, we went, we've, uh, that was longer than I thought we were going to talk about the sports <laughs> stuff. So I'm just going to read these five and y'all tell me which one you want to talk about first. Okay. We have, uh, Dave Chappelle bringing, that is a white man. <laughs> <laughs> you think they should I, name I that award uh, after Robert Griffin, the third in the NBA instead of Larry Bird. Is that what you're saying? How many people pointed at the TV? That's a white man. Bro. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 
right. Um, <laughs> our five non-sports topics. Y'all tell me which Mommy. one you want to do first. We got Dave Chappelle bringing Elon oh, Musk sweet. on stage. We have nuclear fusion. We have social media spam getting out of control. We have the Radio Lab episode that John sent to the group chat. And we have uh, the trending Twitter topic of the week of uh, would you buy your kids a car? <laughs> Shit, I'm with whatever, bro. Yeah, fuck. You want me, um, you want me to say how, like, like I told y'all a couple weeks back how I halfway fuck with Chappelle. We can we can light his ass up for a few. Yeah. <laughs> we can light that motherfucker up for a few. I told y'all, like, like I'm still interested in hearing him out. Like, he hasn't lost me as far as that goes. But I halfway do not fuck with this guy anymore. Like, for him to bring Elon Musk on, I mean, for one, you know, why? That motherfucker is not cool. There's nothing, you know... Out remarkable about that motherfucker, except he's a fucking, you know, quote unquote, richest man on the planet who inherited a, a lot of that shit. I just did not get how the guy who went who went on a fucking sabbatical to Africa because he didn't like how white people were laughing at him and not with him. Now you are bringing on a fucking South African apartheid money fucking mogul, you know, fucking 20 years later, bro. Motherfucker switch up, man. And, you know, I, I guess I never thought Chappelle would because, you know, his com- his comedy was very much not on the side of shit that he's on the side of now. He was not on the side of the rich and, and the elite and all that. He poked fun at them. And now he's hobnobbing with them. And it's like, bro, I, I, like I said, I do not fuck with Chappelle on a lot of shit, man. I mean, he's going from bringing up like to doing shit with most deaf, you know what I'm saying? Like to fucking Elon Musk is a wild hill turn. You know what I'm saying? For somebody that I did not think, you know what I'm saying, would, would move in this way at any point. I don't know, bro. Like I, I like I said, he ain't at the point where I'm 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 still listening to his comedy. The motherfucker is hilarious, dog. I'm sorry, G. Life is hard, bro. I need the laughs. You feel me? But but dog, like Elon Musk, that's a weird ass move. And then the whole taking up for him on some we're in the money ass shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, bro, I'm just not, bro. Well, that's, that, it, 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 it's, it's odd. It's odd. To it, call the balcony at your show poor is like they paid. Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah, like I'm a balcony person. When we go see shows, we're poor as fuck. And we spent our money to come see you. Like, <laughs> like that's, uh, you know, that actually, I think that's actually shitty. Not just like, I disagree with what he did, but it's like, that's a, you, you, you don't talk to people who spent money to come see you like that, bro. Cause they're booing a, Elon Musk. <laughs> like, who gives a fuck? Like the boon, like you said, the boon ain't gonna hurt his, you know what I'm saying? Right. His bottom line, bro. Let him eat that shit. He need to be humble. Weird ass nigga. You know what I'm saying? You gonna shit on people that, that that's come out there to support you? Weird, 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 weird. But there must have been a bag attached to that. There had to be. No, there I had think he actually. What, what surprised me is even when I've disagreed with him and wished, he, like we talked about with um with him on on trans issues. Yeah, he knew what people thought. He knew that people disagreed with him. This to me was like the most out of touch thing I've seen him do because he seemed genuinely surprised that people were not excited that he brought up Elon Musk. Yeah, yeah. You you might think cozying up to rich white people is the move, but we don't, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I said, it, it just shows how out of touch he is. Like especially like, now, especially now. Yeah. Like, I think he's been more hated since he's on Twitter. Of course. Than, than I've ever seen him. Well, and then, you know and then Elon Musk, but I do think it was good for Elon Musk to eat some booze. And he said, uh, he said on Twitter, it was the first time he'd really experienced a reaction like that in person, which I'm sure is true. I'm sure usually when he's talking, he's talking to people who 
believe in Tesla or believe in whatever, right? So I was glad Fans, he, I, yeah, you know I was glad saying? he took that one between the eyes. But he was like, oh, it's like I angered San Francisco's unhinged leftist. Bro, the people who can afford to go to Chappelle shows in San Francisco are not unhinged leftists, yes. my guy. <laughs> like, no, those are real, your you're people. In San, you, yeah, those are rich people in San Francisco. Those are tech bros for those the most part. People. And they do not fuck right. They do not fuck with your king of tech ass. Like that that's there's a time for reflection. When you when you've lost even the tech bros, the 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 the, the fuck cancel culture tech bros, right. bro. Like Bro, Stacey Bell really has, like, the worst friend circle of anyone I can imagine. Like, Joe Rogan, Elon Musk, Kanye West. Dog. Are these his friends? Yes. Yes. Those are his friends. He just pulled up at the Joe Rogan show. I didn't know he was... Nah, Joe Rogan is homie. Joe Rogan been his home. Joe Rogan popped up on the Chappelle show, bro. Yeah, I think... They are homies. Wasn't Rogan who got him lifting weights? Wasn't Rogan who got him lifting weights? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Saw Rogan doing his patented front kick. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I want to. I want to do that. <laughs> Saw Joe Strongest Rogan doing the worm. kicks in the world. Joe Rogan. Um. All right. Let's talk about social media spam. Is I don't know. He would, he would, he would <laughs> topple me with that front kick, though. What's that? <laughs> he would topple me. I would be splitting two with that fucking front. Oh, kick. look! I'd be happy to you know engage with Joe Rogan on the uh, level of ideas. You know. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to fight that man. <laughs> that front kick is something to see. So I, I actually, I'm joking, but I get Chappelle wanted to lift after seeing what he can do with them with them legs, bubble. <laughs> Um, have your has has the spam been fucking run amok on Twitter and Instagram for Tyler? I know you're not on Instagram, but John, I feel like every time I log on, I have not just spam, but like weird spam too. Someone just replied to me and John on Twitter. Someone with zero followers trying to sell us a gun. Bro, like I told you, that's the people, bro. That's them people. I don't trust it. <laughs> that's the people. But yeah, bro, I'm, I'm having titties like 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 my. You know, I don't like spam the, the titty, them titty bots on Instagram. Yeah. Actually, liking right, my, same. My, uh, my stories, and I'm like, bro, like you used to just following, and I block you, but now right. you're actually engaging, you know, on, on the stories rather than just that's that's bro, they going crazy with it. Um, we need some, we need some investigative journalism. We need someone to take one of these gun gun runners up on their offer and see how far they get with it, bro. I'm dead ass serious. I'm intrigued by all these motherfuckers popping up trying to sell guns, bro. I need an investigative burner phone. We can maybe we can expense this to the volume that just does that. That just goes on misadventures. You know what I mean? With like the, a the clone. one you gotta like buy minutes for. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? yeah, 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 yeah. Totally untraced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No cards will, attached to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Will 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 implode after right. sending certain t- messages. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home services marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled professionals to get the job done well. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects easy. We've used Angie at my house. We had some work done. Uh, we had some painting done. We were able to find a bunch of really qualified people with good rates through Angie and pick someone we were really happy with. It was super easy to use the app, super easy to connect with someone. 
We got the call right away, so we didn't have to sit around and wait. Renters, you can use Angie, too, for moving, installation, or cleaning. Angie has simplified finding help for home projects. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site, you can have Angie tackle your home service projects from start to finish. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Start the NFL week off right with NFL Same Game Parlay Insurance from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or already have an account, you'll get free bets back if your four-plus leg Thursday night same-game parlay falls one leg short. NFL same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payday. Big Niners game tonight. I'm a huge 49ers fan, and I am very bullish about where they are at this point. I would absolutely take them to win and cover, uh, and I would take some player props. I'm a huge believer in Brock Purdy already. And uh, if Christian McCaffrey's playing, I think he's going over on all his player props as well. FanDuel is also now live in Maryland. Marylanders, make sure you get in on the action also with great offers just for you. However you want to play, you can bet the NFL on Thursday night with the same game parlay. Just sign up with promo code JNJ if you don't already have an account. That's J-A-N-D-J. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Disclaimer. Must be 21 and over in select states. Refund issued as non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max free bet $25. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG. All right. Uh, let's talk about nuclear fusion. I'm very excited about this. Oh, yeah. Um, for those who've maybe seen people talking about this and, and uh, are not, uh, nerdy little pop science people um, like we are nuclear fusion is when you jam some molecules together um, and the resulting it's sort of a reverse nuclear explosion the resulting energy that is output is uh, is unbelievable uh, in terms of how much it can put out it has always been sort of the holy grail of like this is how we could get cheap clean electricity uh, on a global scale 
um, because of that, in America, for the first time, more energy came out. The threshold that they have to get to is that it produces that reaction more energy output than it took to jam the molecules together. And that happened for 15 seconds in an American laboratory, I think in California. Um, definitely not like a year away from this powering everyone's house or something, but uh, very, very, very exciting uh, in the world. I, what I thought was interesting was the U.S. Department of Energy um, is a big enough discovery that the U.S. DOE gets to make the announcement. It's like, congratulations, scientists, but we funded you. This is a USDOE press conference. They brought this up like almost, I think the second thing they said, I think they said clean energy and great for national defense <laughs> because it's like, oh, if we get into it with Russia, we're not going to have to worry. Like we'll have potentially another energy source besides just buying oil from the worst people on planet earth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? So uh, I'm very excited about this. Tyler had a, a, a pessimistic view of it that uh, I, I certainly understand, but uh, what was your, I, I just think it's cool that there's still shit happening in science where we're like going on about our stupid fucking lives. There's people across the country trying to discredit science as a whole and then every now and then you just get to wake up and they're like, we're, we've made this progress curing cancer or we've achieved, we've accomplished nuclear fusion. Like, I don't know. I, I love that as one of my favorite parts of being an informed person. Yes. I, I think it's a phenomenal breakthrough. I think it's, it's like if, if, if this is mastered in the way that they are, you know, planning on mastering it, it could be, you know, one of the greatest breakthroughs in the history of humanity. No exaggeration. Yeah. Um, my pessimism came from, me not trusting this nation <laughs> you know what i mean like, like like you know when you drop this in the group chat i said well congrats to our grandkids who are gonna reap the benefits of this after the 50-year battle with big oil here right, right like like right. that's that's <laughs> i expect other countries to get the ball rolling on this way before we do i think like china and japan mm -hmm. and countries like that will probably you know utilize this way before we do but like i said i just think that big oil has their hands in their pockets with so much with us with both parties with the republicans with the democrats with our military you know like our fucking whole national identity is tied to fossil fuels and petroleum energy and like i said it's going to be a battle to get those motherfuckers to you know re relinquish control to this so that's where my pessimism comes from and like i said it is a phenomenal breakthrough but i just do not trust this nation to implement it in a speedy manner so not congratulations to somi congratulations to somi's kids yes <laughs> i'm an optimist so i say congratulations to somi but maybe not to Vinny. You know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the tail end of the generation. Maybe that cool, eight-year cool, cool. gap right there. Right, right, right. Yeah. I, I, I can't. I certainly don't disagree with anything Tyler said. The only thing I would say is we have reached a point where every other kind of energy production is growing in America, and oil is flat slash trailing. So mm -hmm. I, I feel like there's a chance this might have come at sort of the right moment, especially given how organized the younger generation who just showed us that they can show up and vote is around the concept of climate change and understanding like when our generation talks about our kids, they're like, Oh, you're talking about us. Like <laughs> you're talking about, mm -hmm. this is what the world's going to look like for us. And we would like it to not look like that. So uh, we'll see, but in any event, very nice. Uh, good news, John, uh, you sent a super interesting radio lab uh, episode of the pod. Uh, that I would like you to explain to me because I did not have time to listen to the episodes. <laughs> well, basically, I, I, we, we've talked about we don't listen to sports podcasts like other than Bobani. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like if we li if I'm listening to something, it's usually like Design Matters with Debbie Millman or 99 Invisible or like nerd shit. 
but a particular type of nerd shit, like history or nerd shit that is using nerd and you, you shit like to be learning ridiculous. From, you like learning from podcasts, right? Like if I send right, you a news article, yeah. you're always like, "What's the? Is there a Tapped podcast in. on the topic?" Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. I, I, I like learning from podcasts. You feel me? So, um, but yeah. Anyway, so this was just a ridiculous question. Like, what is the average of everything? Like, what is the mean? Of everything, you feel me? The like, average so size, average of, size of everything. Yes. Like, yes, all, basically, yeah. yeah th- there was this this recently graduated high school student, and she said she had a question where she thought, all things considered, from the biggest thing in the universe to the smallest thing in the universe, so what is the average size of something in our universe? Yeah, she felt, which which I, yeah, which I was like, bro, I've never thought about that. That is a good fucking question. She felt really small after graduating high school, trying to figure out things, and she was like had a bunch of existential questions going in her head before she went to Mizzou, which is interesting. <laughs> you went to Mizzou, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, and she was just, one had these questions. She sent it in to, to Radio Lab, and uh, months later, they decided, hey, let's figure this shit out. And so they had her on the pod and all this. But, um, yeah, so they figured out, like, how to go about it. You know, they, first they started off with, like, the universe. That's the biggest thing. And then they went to the smallest thing. Um, but, uh, like the universe they realized wasn't a thing. So they took the universe out and they decided to use the geometric mean rather than the average. <laughs> so, which I haven't heard geometric means is like high school, maybe that term, which, so that made my tongue, my, my, maybe like salivate a little bit. I love hearing that again, but, um, but yeah, so they, fi- they figured out like the average size. Was it like the, the size of a cell in the human body? Was that? Yes. What? Yeah. Uh, that's- uh, the size of a eukary- eukaryotic. What are the, what y'all know? Eukaryotic. The I think it's eukaryotic. eukaryotic. Yeah. Yes, yeah. The size of a eukaryotic cell. And yeah. it was like, like that is very interesting that the most average size thing in the universe is the foundation of life. You know, so Rada's that's right how, here. She sent it to me. She wanted credit for it. She shouts to Rada, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she looked at me like, yeah but it was good I, i'm tapped in with radio lab now too because she that, that 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 got me hooked but yeah yes. yeah it was it was really interesting that they that they said that also i really like when i look at like the universe and see how like grand the universe is i feel very small but that also is liberating you know what i'm saying i don't the, i don't want every decision I'm, i i put a lot of weight on decisions i've in, in past i put a lot of weight on a lot of decisions and to know that those decisions aren't as meaningful as I'm making them to be, you know what I'm saying? Uh, in the grand scheme of things, it's liberating. It allows me to make those decisions without as much anxiety. You know what you, I mean? You, you, her, and I, you and I have the exact same yeah. mind on this. And I, it's, I, I do think people with anxiety or who worry a lot either reject information about the, the scale of the universe or it's very calming yeah. to them. And I'm definitely right, with right. you on that. Like, I, 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 it's hard when you're 18 because you've been the main character of every single thing that's ever happened to you for your whole life. And so I for understand sure. why, I mean, I, I, I like working with teenagers for this reason. As their brain is growing and they're developing, it's, it's, it's wonderful, actually. It's beautiful to see them start to place themselves in the world. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think it's great that she had a podcast that she reached out to get an answer to the question on. Um, but yeah, for me, that's very helpful. Like, I had this moment when I was super stressed about work when I was 23 when I realized that I was going to die one day and I don't believe in an afterlife. And it was the most peaceful I had ever felt. That was just like, who cares? Like, you know what I mean? Like one day I'm going to die. I doubt that anyone at the funeral will be talking about the thing I'm worried about right now. And so maybe I don't need to worry about it that much, you know? And Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I think that that's yes, definitely useful. So you carry out Excel. Yeah. But the process is where the fun was at. 
right the process figuring out what was the thing you know what i mean all these questions that we we just assume and don't really have to answer because you know what i mean like there's no reason to really answer them but like if you're trying to figure out the average size of everything or the mean the geometric mean of everything you have to define what is a thing and that is an interesting process as well so like i thought it was all fun and then like <coughs> like i said i love i love when like really smart people are putting their brains together to try to figure out something very ridiculous, but that also has meaning as well. You know what I'm saying? So it just, yeah, but it, 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 was, it was a great pod though. They got some good shit over there though too. That, that should have me thinking like, I would love to know what is the average size of a thing on earth that we can see like non non microscopic shit not taken into mm. into consideration like if we took a grain of sand and mount everest like what is the average size between those two like a, a apple a fucking watermelon like i'm intrigued about that now but i do not care enough to do the math so that is going to be yeah. an unsolved mystery <laughs> unless one of our listeners want to take up that lab. task Tell yeah. the radio lab. Lab. hit up hit up the, the, the episode I'm listening to now on radio lab was about the guy that created uh like uh did uh bugs bunny like the voices, Mel Blank. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He did, he did, he did a bunch of voices, like yeah. you know, Bugs Bunny, Tweety Bird. You know what I'm saying? All these voices, right? And how yeah. he got in that wreck with that kid. Where yeah, he and he he was in a coma, and he would come out, and he would do like Porky Pig voices. Yeah, and shit, what like, happened while was, he, was in a coma. he wouldn't respond when they call him Pop Dad and all that shit. But what happened? Like, so the doctor comes in, he goes, he said, how, how uh, he, he said he basically said, "What's up, Bugs Bunny?" to 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 him, and that's the first thing he responded was. What's up, Doc? You know what I mean? And then he started doing all, like, like six other voices. And then he was like, then he fully came to and was like, um, what, you know, what happened? Where am I? But they're saying that, um, you know, I, didn't, I haven't finished it yet, but they're saying that when he was in the coma for like a couple weeks, I think, you know, that they said that maybe the, the triggers for certain things got mixed up. So, but the one that still was connected was, you know, the ones that, 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 that were like, they said, they basically said Bugs Bunny, the, the way the doctor described it was Bugs Bunny was trying to save the guy that created him's life in some way. Human brain is a motherfucker, bro. Ooh. Bro, bro, th there's been stories of, of people like having head trauma, going into combs and stuff and coming out and being fluent in foreign languages that they've never spoken right. before. Like that shit is. Oh. So Shar's best friend and her roommate all through college when they're at UCLA is a she's a, a neuroscience PhD, and so that's what mm -hmm. she's getting her degree in when we're at UCLA. She teaches at Caltech now. Are um, you annoying when you talk to her? Because I'd ask her every single question. Oh, possibly. I was yes, but what was great <laughs> was she is her gift, and this is actually what her what she sort of teaches. Her gift is she's one of the very few students in that lab who. She's from America. She speaks English. She's um, sort of an open personality. It's easy for her to explain things. And a lot of people who are really into lab science, they struggle with that human interaction. She's, she's breaking smart. It down. Yeah, they're so they're so smart. She they went don't to Poly. To to she's from right, Long right. Beach, and okay. so she's like she could explain this she's shit. She's a to normal anybody, person. Right? She just happens to be extremely fucking smart as well. And a, and a, know, she's not a professional computer. jazz trombonist as well. Like just a, one right. of those one of those people. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I, she would come home and she would just like like she, like I was the dog waiting in the apartment that she would give a right. treat to when she walked in. Right. She'd be like, "Guess what we read about today?" And I'd be like, "What did we read about today?" But it was, I mean, right. for me, like we talked about that process you go through when you're in college, if you're in college, right, where you're learning that, like, oh, I'm actually not that significant a part of this world. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it was fascinating to read about. Like, we think we're we think everything about us is sort of vital, right? That it's like, it's, it exists separate from everything else. And she just come back with these stories like Tyler was talking about where you're like, everything that we think we are is in this eight pound fatty thing that's just sitting on top of our head. Like, and yeah, you get clunked on there in the wrong way. And guess what? Now you hate your wife. You get clunked on it in the other way. Guess what? You're an alcoholic and you never want to look at alcohol again. Like, or you're speaking French and you've never spoken the language before and that's like I mean that's I don't know how you could not be fascinated by that you know what I mean because it really is like everything about our personality and our priorities and all this other shit it's like it depends on that fucking the jello jiggling at the top of your fucking body bro the best the best TED talk I've ever seen um, was this woman who was she studied strokes for a living and she ended up having one and she spoke about the experience as somebody that understood what she was going through, but was struggling cognitively, yeah. obviously, while in the midst of a stroke. And uh, she broke down. The ending I, you know, was like basically her saying, like, I think the, the, right, the left side of her brain is where she had the stroke, so she was completely right-brained. Oh. And she talked about like, the freedom she felt and the beauty she felt in that. So like, it was... She broke it down a particular way, but it was super interesting how she would talk about what all was going on and how she knew what was going on and was trying to work through it, not having full capacity, you know what I'm saying, or full brain capacity. Um, but yeah, like all that shit's so interesting, man. But yeah, when we're listening to pods, generally all of us would listen to those. I should have her on. Tyler hit- we should do an Ask a Neuroscientist episode. That would be fun. For sure, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I remember Tyler hit me to them history pods uh, with your yes. boy. They were like... Five hours long. And I remember in like 2016, like that was all I wanted to listen to. Right. 2017, like them shits. Does he still do that or are they still paid? I know that he was charging for them. You talk about um, Dan Carlin, Hardcore History. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Shit. He hasn't dropped anything really new in a while. He does like little, you know, in and outs that are like Uh 30 minutes long and shit, but. But yeah, th- those little like five hour deep dives into like the Mongol Empire or World War II. Like I love those shit. I though. paid for them motherfuckers. He was charging. Yeah. I was like, I don't run that. I need that. All right. Uh, we're going to skip the uh, Twitter main character for the week. And I would just say that, yes, I'm, I will buy my kid the car. Right. Yeah. <laughs> as long as they aren't a dickhead, right, like, right. Yeah. yeah, you feel uh, me? What? Yeah, I think Shit. um I think it was Duke. Someone tweeted and said, "If you if you need your kids to go through the same things that you went through, then the wisdom that you gained is wasted." And I thought that's yeah. exactly Duke how said I that. About. I think it was Duke. Yeah. Hell yeah. Duke's like yeah, twenty five. Duke. <laughs> is so Duke, Duke, Duke is up there. Duke he might, might be, be thirty. He now. might be thirty <laughs> now, but he's a young buck. Yeah, I remember he kicked it with us in South Five when he was like twenty. Right. We had to sneak him in all all these places. <laughs> right, was twenty one and shit. I remember, I remember I dunked on his ass in the hallway on the. <laughs> <laughs> he was really hurt too. Like you got me, you got me. Like I actually dunked on him. But anyway, yeah. yeah shout out to the homie, dude. Shout out to the homie, man. That's probably, anyway, that's that's, that's, a that, that's, that's, a exa- that's exactly how I feel. It's just like yeah, God, yeah. What do we? What do we, like? Yes. And then, you know, actually, the other thing I would say is, you know who the because I do have some conflict about uh, we've talked about this. 
I was not friends with the rich kids with parents who love them in school ever. None of my friends fit that description. It was always like their house was some of them was fucked up in their home or they were being raised by a single parent. They're broke as fuck or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And we looked at the normal kids and we're like, Pleh. and it's, it's weird <laughs> to me that those are my kids. You know what I mean? My kids are supported mm-hmm. as fuck. They're super comfortable mm-hmm. with themselves, all this other shit. And so as a dad, I try and figure out, I do think that some of the bad stuff I went through shaped who I am and I, and I, and has been beneficial to me in my professional career and everything else. Right. Mm-hmm. So I struggle, I do struggle with that sometimes of like, where's their, like, you know, where's their shit going to come from? You know what I mean? Like, but, uh, but I the, think, go ahead. But, but I think that's, that's the part of that, that trauma. That's part of that, that, that's like we struggle with. Like, I agree. Just, it whoops our, us thinking that that's the, you know, that's what we have to do. That's it. You know what I mean? Like, that's the way to, they have to go through these things. I think that's part of that trauma itself. We're like, no, there's a healthy way to exist what you went through was wrong right you know what i'm saying and it's not like i, I had to learn that like you know like what i what, what i went through was wrong you, you and i are me? both I gonna been, repeat I therapy should, talking right, points right, right now for right. sure I, I i shouldn't have been treated in that way you know <laughs> right. you know what i'm saying right but you know like i still love those people and you feel me yeah and i and i and i think you know hey i want to do differently right because like i think you know like with with you being this way came therapy with this being me being this way came certain therapy you right. feel me so i'll like they say you'll fuck your kids up in a totally new way you know what i mean but I'll de- I've definitely learned from the mistakes yeah. that I experienced as a kid, and you know. But I think that th- I think that's part of the trauma. Like I think that's part of the, the lie. We had to rationalize told. it. We had right, the, the right. cognitive dissonance forced us to rationalize that it was good that it happened to us because otherwise part we'd be of that therapy is rewiring the way you thought. Right. You know what I'm saying? Where like you were connected to those things in a way. Yeah. You could let that shit go and move on, and your kids will be ready and, and find ways to be good people, right. even if they are raised by good people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I think I think part of being a parent is, of course, experience is the best teacher for for your child at times. There will be some lessons they will not learn regardless of what you say unless they go through it. I think that you just have to find that balance where you allow them to make mistakes that are not detrimental mistakes. You know what I mean? There's times where you got to be like, hey, I'm telling you that such and such is going to happen. You don't believe me? You might have to go ahead and learn learn for yourself. You know, but not on some some grand shit like if I've got fucking, you know, $200,000 saved up and you need $5,000 for a car, like you're going to have to struggle for that. No, no, we can make shit work there. As long as you're not being a dickhead, you got your shit together. You know what I'm saying? You're you're, you're making something of yourself. We can can make that work. But yeah, I I think that's the whole part of being a parent is just kind of finding that balance where, yeah, you want experience to teach your kids as well because there are some lessons that they will not learn without experience. But like I said, you don't want them to be out there scrambling and fucking up. As part Hell of no, bro. Well, you, you, you actually good. use the exact words that I use sort of in my philosophy or when people, um, you know, I always try and make myself available to, especially kids that I cover, people I've known since they're teenagers. When they have kids, I, I always tell them, genuine offer, ask me any question that you want. I've thought quite a lot about it. You know, I had my experience with my dad or whatever. But you, you use the exact words I use. I always let my kids fail. And I never feel the need to make them struggle. Then those are yeah. very different things. Failure is necessary. We let them bonk their heads when they're learning how to walk. You know what I mean? Like all that. Now it's a little harder to do that with my baby girl. <laughs> but we let them, you know, we let them, like you said, like you let them struggle and, and sort of overcome that stuff. But or you let them fail and, and grapple with that and then get better at stuff. But making them go through like making them do like a VR simulation of a kid with a single parent growing up poor would be very stupid. That's not a video game anyone wants to play. 
And right, I've worked right, yeah. very hard to make sure that my kids don't have to play that video game. <laughs> That's, is that not the entire point? Like, like you know, I mean, for me, it's, you know, like hustling and grinding in a way, in a way so that, you know, my shorty ain't really got to struggle in, you know, similar ways. You know, yeah. like, I think that's a big that's part a goal, of, like, the right? motivation. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Where, I mean, I'm not, I, I don't think, like, hey, I'm going to get her the car that I got. You know what I'm saying? But, like, I don't want her getting clowned because she got a fucking, you know, uh, <laughs> the Ford Taurus when I, I could have got her a Honda. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. or just not get her anything. You know what I'm saying? That doesn't make sense. But, yeah, I'm not, I, I don't know, bro. I just feel like, I think a lot of the traumas that we've gone through, we've become really connected with. You know, yeah. and we think that's part of what that's what made us. And some of that shit we didn't need. You know what I'm saying? Like, and we still would have been fine. And I think disconnected from that and, you know, and, and raising our kids in ways that we feel are, like, like I said, good people raise good people. Like, my parents were good people. You feel me? They just struggle in particular ways. Right. And I don't want to make, I don't, I, I don't you know, I, I hope I don't struggle in the same ways with my kids. I hope I've grown seeing that just yeah. as they grew from their, from their experiences with their parents as well. You know what I'm saying? So actually the person I've heard speak about this most eloquently is LeBron James. Um, there's a there's a podcast they don't need a plug from us, but there's a podcast called Smartless. I know Jackson listens to it too, and it's it's three actors, and the premise of the show is that they don't know who the guest is going to be. One of them brings a guest on, and it's a surprise. So then you just get three people who may not really even know anything about the person they're talking to, having sort of a genuine like you know open conversation. Mm -hmm. And they had LeBron on one week. Uh, I think he was promoting Space Jam too. And that was actually one of the questions was like, you know, you were talking about this childhood you had with your mom. Your kids are growing up as the children of like one of the richest and most powerful people in the world. You know, is that hard for you? Because I'm sure you looked at people who were richer than you when you were a kid and resented them or, or felt a certain type of way. And he clearly had thought so much about it that his answer mm -hmm. was just perfect. It, he, and he said, um, I can't. He's like, I could never give them the hunger that I had when I was a kid. And I don't want them to have that hunger because all this other stuff came with it. I want to give mm -hmm. them an easier life than right. I have. That's my goal. And I'm excited to find out what passion and drive looks like in their lives because I mm. don't want them to go through the stuff that I have gone through. I've actually recommended that podcast because a byproduct of my job is I've covered and I'm friends with and know a lot of people who went from being very poor to being successful professional athletes and who have mm -hmm. kids. And it is something that all of them talk about and think about is like, you know, I don't, is, am I raising, I don't want to raise one of those soft cat. I don't want to raise a kid that was a, the type of kid that I hated when I was in high school or some shit. And I recommended that podcast interview actually to, to several people because I think it's, it's beautifully articulated that it's just like, there's nothing I could do. Even if I spent a billion dollars trying to give my kids the experience of being homeless with their single mom and needing basketball, needing basketball to feed my family, there's nothing that can simulate that experience. So I'm not going to waste any time worrying about it or trying. I'm just going to go, this is our family. This is our life. These are our resources. What's the best life that I can make for my kids while making sure that they're not overly spoiled or soft or whatever. And I thought that I What's, thought that was like incredible for him to just mm -hmm. throw off like that as quick as he did. What's odd too is how connected we are with high school. Like you know he didn't say like you didn't say the kids that you hated in college. It's like the, the high school for whatever reason we're so connected with that where we want like you, you if you hear a nigga say that you hear to find out nigga was a fuckboy in high school you like damn man 
you're going to judge him a little bit, even at 40. Right. You know what I'm saying? You, he was an asshole in high school. Like, man, I don't really fuck with you. Like, you, know, you might have been. Oh, I got to think about it. You know, it's, it's interesting. I guess that period, we changed so much. We grew so much. Like, it's, it's, a really, it's, a, it's a really defining period as far as the type of person you're going to be. Yeah, so, yeah. Interesting. All right, y'all. That's our uh, episode. We will be back on Monday, and uh, we'll see y'all then either on the Amazon AMP app live at 7 a.m. West Coast, 10 a.m. East Coast, or we'll see you in your other feeds after that. Hope everyone has a great weekend. Bye. 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 It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.